Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Jados, coach of NFNL, KFKL, and I'm here with my cousin, Keebs. That's me, boys. Coach <laughs> of the super subs, the one and only. We flipped our roles today because Keebs, he's our tech guy for today. He's looking very nervous sitting in front of me. He's watching his keyboard very closely, making sure that it's actually recording, which it's, I hope it is. It is recording, mate. It's a big responsibility. It's taken us six hours and 29 minutes just to get to this point of the day. I've got viruses all through my computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's Guys, this is not an exaggeration. Malware, it has been Malware the Central. <laughs> <of me. laughs> Malware Central. Yeah, it has been the longest day in Cousins history really and the podcast is only starting now we're on to our second computer that's yeah yeah we've yeah, literally destroyed one yeah you wouldn't even you wouldn't even believe the story if we told you but anyway six and a half hours later we're we're g'd up for the podcast we're finally going to talk about fantasy and not stupid computers forget about my, my problems for a minute yeah but yeah i mean usually i do all the technical stuff i run the podcast i you know, set up the recording, have all the gear set up, ready to go. But I'm going overseas next weekend, which means I will not be on the podcast. So Keebs is doing a little crash course today and how to run all the technology. And he is going to be in charge of the podcast. I'm leaving it in his hands. It's been a steep learning curve so <laughs> far. mate. <laughs> very, very steep learning curve. To say that he's technically challenged is an understatement, I would say. But we're here. So... It is the end of round 15. The buys are over. Let's talk about fantasy. How'd you go, cousin? Uh, pretty solidly. I scored a 20-37. My rank is 10,000 still. 133. It felt like a solid week, but, you know, I mean, I actually got up to about 4.4K at one point after this, the second game because I had 10 players playing and then it just slowly, slowly slipped away from me. Um, It felt like a pretty solid buy period, but... Did you go up in rank this week? I did go up in rank by just over a K, but I still feel a tinge of disappointment in my heart and frustration at the season in general. <laughs> what about you, mate? How did you go? Oh, mate. Ah, just the best week that I've had in probably a year and a half. So I scored a 21-91. So I ranked 375th for the round and it feels... So amazing to finish the buyers on a high note. I ended up like, it's such a nice bounce back after I scored 1685 last week. Um, <laughs> and I've ended up in the positives by the end of the buy. So feels good. I had a great week. I moved up about 4,000 spots. Kudos, mate. That's a massive, that's a massive week. Any, any week you score over 2,000 in a buy round is like rock solid. And you've just blown that out of the water. So good stuff, mate. Yeah, it was enormous. All right. Should we get into some hogs and flogs? Let's do it. Tell us who your, your hog was this week, big man. All right. My hog this week and any owner 
this would be your hog too because it was Jordan Dawson. Absolutely enormous. 35 disposals, 9 marks, 12 tackles. He had 73 points in the second quarter and he was absolutely smashing it. But the crazy thing about that quarter, he scored 32 points in the last two minutes of game time in that second quarter. Absolutely smashing. He had five tackles and two marks in that time. Now, he's put 14 points on his starting price and has actually turned into one of my best starting picks of the year. Kudos. Jordan Dawson. Yeah, Hats a, off to you, mate. What a score. What a guy. I'm an owner as well. It felt great. I jumped on at the right time this year as well, after I, th- I think round three. And just, it was so good to watch. We were on 200 watch for a little while. We thought he might be able to get there, but he slowed down right at the end. Yeah, well, I think he was on 130, like maybe... Eight like, eight minutes into the third quarter or something, like nine minutes in. Yeah, he got to yeah. his 148 at three-quarter time and then started the last quarter hot, but just had a, a, a pretty... Yeah, faded out a well, little bit. A relatively quiet patch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my hog this week was Jack Sinclair. I brought the man in. I, I was concerned that I'd missed him over the last two, so last two weeks, so I took my opportunity, brought him in this week, and it was just so good to watch. He's got that observable thirst that we always talk about. He had his 36 touches and a goal, had a smattering of CBAs, but watching just the, the little machine run around and scream for the ball, he's like almost like another Nick Dacos the way that he goes about it. Yeah, And it just felt good to have a player like that in my team. So shout out to Jack Sinclair this week. He's a, I think he's a clear top six defender and just instant reward. That was such a good game to watch. Like they love the ball in his hands. He loves the ball in his hands. He screams for it. And it's good to know that he can have a big score even when he's got CBAs. 100%. Like I think the concern that all of us had was like, oh, we all think he scores better at halfback. Um, but what it looked like to me is that he was starting in the center bounce and then they just let him roam. Like he was sort of yeah, at stoppages. But he sort of was off halfback as well. He's still generating run yeah, it was and like- drive. Yeah, it was like he was hitting the stoppages and then just, yeah, after the and stoppages, then float. roaming. Yeah. yeah, so good to watch. It he was. Just, it he was just great. did what he wanted. 130 points. What a beast. It was great, yeah. It was It was just, it was great. I can't, that entire game having 10 players in it. Yeah, talk us through it. <laughs> it, it just felt like every time, every second time someone got the ball, it, they were in my team. Who did you have? Because So, yeah, you had 10 players in that game, didn't you? All right, you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah, I'll, I'll quickly I get am. my team up. It was, I, I did make a post about it on the, the Cousins Twitter page, but I had... Uh, Sinclair, Crouch. Oh mate, I'm Wang. Not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get it right. I'm not gonna get it right. I can remember. You had Wang, Sin- Sinclair, Crouch, Wang, Neil, Windhager. Uh, yep, Windhager, Dunkley, Marshall, Dunkley, uh, Loman, Wilmot, and Lloyd. Ah, uh, whoops! I almost said Lloyd just. <laughs> Oh, and Ashcroft. Ah, there's my ten. Sorry, listeners, we got there eventually. But uh, yeah, no, it it was it was pretty phenomenal to watch. To be honest, just my team was just racking up, and all those players scored well, bar bar the two rookies or well, the two lower priced rookies. So, yep, yep. All right, sorry, mate. No, that's all right. <laughs> all right let's move, who let's move on to our flogs. Yep. <laughs> so my flog this week, Windhager, Marcus Windhager. He started the first quarter so well and he just absolutely died. But I thought he was on for a great score. He looked phenomenal. He was getting CBAs and he literally, I don't know where he went, but I didn't spot him for ages. He had five points in the second quarter. He had a six-point last quarter. Um, he even copped a little bit of a bake from Ross Lyons saying he had a bad game. Yeah. So <laughs> that's when you know you've had a bad game, when your coach singles you out in the press conference. Matt, to be honest, I, I, obviously I watched this game. I didn't think he was that 
bad. Not to get a single out and a bit of a bake from Ross saying that he needs to get stronger and faster. That was a bit harsh, but yeah. I, I no, know. it wasn't. It wasn't like Ross was blaming the loss on Windhager, but he was but more kind of like highlighting how everyone was a bit down. That everyone was a bit worse than usual, and he used Windhager as an example. Like he said, Windhager was great last week and was just a bit down this week. Yeah. So, anyway, feels bad. All right, for my flog, I've got a quote from the late great Kobe Bryant, and it's this: "I can't relate to lazy people. We don't speak the same language. I don't understand you. I don't want to understand you." Jake Lloyd, <laughs> you're playing in a 171-point win, mate. Your entire team got around it. There was tons left, right, and center. Players kicking goals. Everyone racked up except you, mate. I brought you in off your buy for a 70, an 80, and a 70, for an average of 79 in your three games. Disgusting stuff. Lead for the ball, mate. Spread off half back. It's what you do best, and you're not doing it. You haven't done it. For a lot of the year, and you've just been the most disappointing pick. 73 is just not good enough, mate. In a, in a game like that where everyone got around it, I couldn't believe it. it. made me so mad. In all three weeks I've watched this man, he's just pissed me off. So, Jake Lloyd, you are a flog. Dead set. You're lazy. You don't spread. I'm done with you. I'm done. COVID. All right, let's move on to some hot bakes. Hot bakes. All right, my hot bake this week is directed at Stewie Jew for giving Braden Fiorini 17 CBAs after all of us traded him out. Now, obviously, this should be a hot praise if he was in our team, but because, you know, we don't have him anymore, it's just like, why did you take so long to make it happen? Fiorini is naturally gifted inside midfielder, is where he belongs, but why, why did you take so long to do it, Stewie? What, you've known the man for years. You see what he does as an inside midfielder in the twos. What? It's, it's bizarre, mate. It's a bit wankish, isn't it? Yeah, pretty pretty annoying, mate. He has 35 and a, a 115. It's like, come on, man. When he's, when he's irrelevant in fantasy, flat. All right, my hot bake this week is directed at West Coast fans. I've been holding on to this all weekend. And look, we lost by 171 points. It was rough. It hurt the soul to watch. It was actually quite distressing and, you know, Angus Sheldrick actually made it a bit of a worthwhile watch for me, but that's all right. It's just everyone's slamming Simo on Twitter. I just feel like the guy is getting unfairly roasted at the moment. The club is in shambles. The CEO needs to go. The players are not giving probably as much effort on field, but there's injury issues and everything. It's like I just feel like West Coast fans are pinning a lot of the problems on Simo and the guy's being treated unfairly by a large portion of, of the fan base at the moment. He's the saddest man in football. You see his press conferences. He looks like he's about to break down and cry and just yeet his car <laughs> off a cliff or something. He's not a happy man at the moment. Yeah, so it hurt to watch, man. Just so sad. Just take it easy on Simo, please, people. He's a very he's a very distraught man at the moment, and I think he, he, he probably needs some support from the fan base, not to be slammed all over Twitter and socials and to be public enemy number one. So that's my hot bake for this week. It's a bit of a soft, soft, depressing bake, but that's where we are. Soft bake. All right, I think it's time to get into some GBU, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, and this week my good goes to Errol... Goulden. He was a part of the bloodbath against West Coast, but 145. The man has shown a ceiling consistently throughout the year. 
This is his third score over 140. And he's just just been amazing, frankly, all year. So Errol Goulden deserves a shout-out this week on the good, the bad, and the ugly. Fantastic. All right, my good for this week was also in the bloodbath game, and it goes to Angus Sheldrick for his oh. 111. He was so good this week. And Horse clearly listens to the Cousins AFL he Fantasy does, Podcast. He does listen. Because we gave him a red-hot, hot bake last week for not giving him enough time on ground. And this week, Gus was third in the CBA rotation for Sydney, and he had 73% time on ground. And what did he do? Smashed it, mate. He played amazingly well. Best the guy's going to be a career. star, mate. He's going to be a star. Four scoring shots. He just got involved everywhere. The one concern is, was that massive bump in Tog just because they were playing West Coast? Is that what we think? Is that gonna is that going to sustain the Tog and the CBAs? Because they play Geelong this week, and that is about as opposite as you can get from West Coast. It's a good question. Um, I'd like to think so. Maybe... See, okay. Also got you, it's a valid it's a valid concern because Mills is also going to get more tog and probably more CBAs this week. That's so. that's the thing. So I think McCartan is maybe due back. So Mills is more likely to play more midfield. Also, the previous weeks, Sheldrick, the big um, time on ground like loss that he had was always in the fourth quarter, which is when Mills was subbed. Yeah. Okay. So you never know if Mills plays the last game, maybe Horse will be back to his old tricks. It's hard to tell. I for me, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, emergency loop him this week with Johnson. Yeah. So if yeah, if he scores one. a sixty, I'll probably still field Johnson. See, I th- I think I'm just straight fielding him this week. He's my last rookie, but he's got a three round average of ninety. He's he's in form. I don't know. It's it yeah. It's a bit of a tough one, isn't it? No one really knows what horse is thinking. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yeah. No, none of us do. But it, it is a slight concern. If you can loop him, I think it's a good it's a good call to do so. Yeah. Agree. All right, my bad this week goes to two players, and it's Dev Robertson and Kyle Lohman for their 33 and 27, respectively. They were two of the most hot, hot, two of the most hot, yeah, two, <laughs> two of the most targeted down, Sexy. downgrade options. Sorry, mate, my brain's a bit of a mess. It's been a long day. Um, yeah, two of the most sought after downgrade options this week. Dev was close to rookie price, and Lohman was, was clearly a rookie. I thought he was possibly the number one rookie option. And yeah, two scores like this is pretty disappointing. I doubt their scores would have counted for many people. And if they did, you would be seething. Um, both look like they could have JS concerns now as well, which is frustrating considering there's a, a big rookie crisis going on at the moment. So I've given them the bad, almost got the ugly, but that is saved for, for a very special player coming up. <laughs> All right, my bad for this week goes to Hayden Young for his 61. Now, <clears throat> just like to say, I yeah... He's playing like a bit of a pretender at the moment. And I think if you're an owner, I'd potentially move him on even before your last rookies, depending on who they are. If you have one rookie left and it's like Sheldrick, who's obviously still making money, or Johnson even, I would possibly move Hayden Young to like a big dog primo. Sinclair, if you can get him. Will Day even is a massive upgrade from Hayden Young and doesn't cost you very much. So I I think you get more of a point upgrade upgrading someone who's just absolutely spudding it as a primo that still has money on their head than a rookie on the rise, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. And that, <laughs> it's funny. You can tell that we didn't really discuss the run sheet enough this week because my ugly is Hayden Young <laughs> for a 61. Oh, uh, funny. Basically just want to echo all the things that you said. And also, if you chose between him or Luke Ryan, 
that hurts, man. That hurts so much. It's you. Oh, I would. I feel for you. I feel for you if you did that because that's the type of stuff that makes you just want to pull your hair out as a fantasy coach. There's 50-50 decisions that just go so horribly wrong. So Hayden Young, ugly. I'm just. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't have another one lined no, up, so sorry. I can't change on the fly. I was gonna try and make a witty comment about the fact that you have no hair and just what it would look like if you tried to pull your hair out. Those tiny little. I've got eyebrow hair <laughs> and a, a little mo going on. Yeah. So you do hair. have hairs. Yeah, I'm I've sure got, you got hair. There's hairs somewhere, mate. Uh, I don't all, about, all about the place. I don't have al- alopecia. I think no. that's what it's called. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's enough alopecia talk. Let's move on to my ugly, which is Bailey Humphrey for his 36. Um, I would say that it was a hard watch, but honestly, I just kept forgetting that he existed in that game. He was so unsighted. The only times you notice him was when he popped up for a random behind. He couldn't kick it through the big stick. So Bailey Humphrey, 36, not good enough. And I think any owners... Move him on ASAP because he's got money on his head, but his BE is going to skyrocket now. And also, no CBAs because Fiorini went straight in there and Humphrey, bang, you're gone, mate. Stuart you finally came to his senses, it seems. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did. Anyway, so I think that wraps up our good and bad and ugly for this week. All right, let's get into some Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> All right, this week for our Knights of the Roundtable discussion, we are going to chat about our buyers, sort of review some of our trades and where we ended up, if we improved our team or not. And Jados, you can you can kick us off, mate. Yeah, sure. Well, I thought it would be good. All right, it's time for our Ben Keys check-in. This week, Big Bad Ben pooed his pants. (laughs) (laughs) And he also scored 90 points. He had 10 clearances, 76% disposal efficiency, and the second most CBAs for the Crows. But the big news was the poos. He shot himself <laughs> mid-game. He did, mate. Oh, What do you make of it? I don't know. I, w- I do wonder when it happened because he went missing in that second quarter and I wonder if he went, oh, no, I've shit myself. <laughs> the, the, I need to lay low. For those who haven't seen, there is a photo circulating Twitter and it does look like Bubba Yaga has pooed himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think we're going to need a timestamp on the poo. <laughs> <laughs> see if he went straight off afterwards or, or if it was in fact a poo. Because if you do that, you're going straight after. Maybe it was after straight the Mason, Mason Cox incident, the big fight. In the last right, quarter. Yeah, he's right in the thick of it. He's so scared he pooed his pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were anging up on him, man. Not even scared. He was so angry. It was an, <laughs> I reckon it was an, an angry yeah. poop from Bobby Bobby Yaga doesn't get scared, He doesn't. Mate. He scares. He scared Only, yeah. them so much that he pooed his pants. Only angry poos for Ben. Him, Baba Yaga. Oh, um, but he did, no, honestly, no, I'm not ready to move on yet. Okay. You tricked me by setting me up to start talking about the bar reviews and then did the check-in now. So I want to keep talking about the check-in. Okay. He on. was he was phenomenal. He was, mate. He was good. Except um, except for a few moments where Nick Dacos got the better of him in the last quarter. Yeah, it was weird. So he did a poor job tagging, but he actually had a, a decent influence on the game. He had, what, 10 clearances most of the yeah, game? Yeah, 10, 10. All clearances. his advanced stats were amazing. And I can't see him moving out of that midfield in all honesty. He's, he was there when the game was on the line. Like, I think the coach is like, yep, yeah, you're, you're our man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's still a good trade target. 
Yeah, we might as well just talk about it. He's in terrific form, the big man. His four-round average is just over 100, the 105 mark. So that's a premium, that's a premium midfielder. Which is exactly exactly where he was when he was an inside mid. He's still know, underpriced. Years ago. And the, the man goes hard. He's just such a fun player to own. You, don't, you never know what you're Well, he shits him. himself. That's <laughs> how hard he plays. He yanks people's glasses off. He's an assassin. He poos his pants. It's just a good time having him in the team. <laughs> you never know. No, nah, but in all seriousness, I want a timestamp on the poo. I want to know if it's real or not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't. I can't believe that my boy would do something like that <laughs> on field. Real, right. real Paul Pierce vibes about it. If anyone knows who that is, they'll get the reference. But he, I don't. He put, he put his pants in an NBA game. Ah, and then he got carried off. Like he hurt his knee. Goes goes to the back. Comes goes for a poo and then runs straight out and just dominates the rest of the game. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty, That's it, great. It is pretty funny. That, that must have been what happened in the second quarter. Anyway, all right. So let's move on to this buy review. Okay, so I thought maybe we could start by looking at how our ranking went over the course of the buys. Um, <laughs> I can't do it, mate. We've already we already ascertained this. No, but and now you're stitching me up on the pod. Are you still recording? Yeah. All right. I guess we're still <laughs> recording. So, well, I thought at least you knew what rank you were before it started. No. No. All right. I guess we'll skip the rank. Well, <laughs> I'll talk about my rank. I went up three thousand over the course of the buys. <laughs> I, I currently don't have access to a laptop or a different laptop that works better than this one, <laughs> and uh, for some reason I can't check on my app, which is weird. You're so. living as a fantasy caveman right now. Mate, I, I don't. I don't like what's happening. <clears throat> well, right now I moved up three k, and Keebs will say I think about one point five. One point five. Yeah. I, I, off the top of my head, it was about yeah one one and a bit. So we both went up, which is nice. Um, it's just interesting. I was looking at how I went for each week. So before the buys, I was at 10.2K. Then I had a huge huge round in round 12 where I went up to 7.7, then 7.9 the week after. Then I had a terrible round, went to 11.1K. And I was like, no, nah, I've cooked this. Like buys, I hate it. I'm done. And then I had a monster to come home and finished at 7.3. So... I guess the lesson in that is that you have to take the buys as a whole. It's four rounds of buys. And even if the third round you've fallen in rank, you never know, you know, um, you take it as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, for me has been three K positive. So yeah, I've, I very progressively moved up. I moved up in the first round down in the second round and then up in the next two, just to get myself up slightly. Um, I think the most important thing though, is my team has come out of the buys looking extremely strong yeah and even though i've had a, a, a rough year to date i'm certain that it's not going to continue based on the team i've got yeah. on paper at least well that, so that that kind of brings us to the next part of the discussion and really whether your buyers have been positive or negative comes down to how your team like responds and how it goes after the buyers because a lot of people might have done some sideways trading i know we did a little bit i feel like we still improved our team through our sideways trading like we were offloading genuine duds but some people just sideways through the whole thing, whereas I think the two of us were pretty diligent in getting rookies off. So I thought it might be good to look at, you know, how, how a team is looking after the buyers and maybe reflect on, um, you know, how many rookies we managed to get off, how many mid-prices we managed to get to Uber Primos. Um, so I'll start. Um, I ended up... So I had four rookies on my field before the buyers started, and now I'm down to two. Who are they? They are Seamus Mitchell, and then I've got a Sheldrick and Johnson Loop. Yep, yep. Um, and I'm pretty happy with that. And I managed to get a whole bunch of mid prices to nice primo. So I got, like, I got Peddler, who's a fully fully a rookie, and Wardlaw up. Sheasel, um, 
Fiorini, Warple, Atkins, Hobbs, all those guys moved on, and I managed to get in quite a handful of primos. So I've got Sink, Sinclair, Will Day, Titch, Neil, Steele, Keys, Darcy Cameron, Cripps, and then Sheldrick as, as one of the rookies that I picked up as well. So I feel like my team is in a much, much better place at the end of the buys. And the, the primos that I ended up sidewaysing were like Baz um, and Zebes, which I feel, I feel like I've managed to grab better primos as a result. So I, I'm, I'm really happy with where my team's at coming out of the buys. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was worthy of discussion. Yeah, I think we did sort of similar things. We had a similar strategy over the course of the buy rounds, which was just to jump on sort of value guys and get rid of the guys who are failing us. Um, I went four rookies all the way down to one. So I've only got one rookie on field now, and that's Angus Sheldrick. Um, but I also upgraded Fiorini, Atkins, Warple, Gus, Brayshaw, that is, uh, Baz and Zebes throughout. Um, and yeah, the, the primos that I brought in were Sinclair, Wanganin, Miller. Lloyd, Crouch, Neil, Keys, Briggs, Cameron, Sheldrick, Himmelberg, and Dacos. The one player that I did move on that was controversial was Tim English, but the, the time I did it, uh, I moved him to Briggs and I netted myself 400K and really started the cash gen rolling for my team again. So I come out in a, in a very strong position with just yeah. the one rookie on field and only really one or two sort of mid-prices mid that I'm not yeah. super happy having in my team. Lloyd is probably the one that I would like to move on the most – He's been a frustrating own, but, you know, even he is, like, quite close to being a deaf primo. So my team is in super strong position now. Um, yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to talk about a couple of things that you just talked about. So four rookies down to one is very, very impressive over the course of four weeks. Um, now, what I wanted to touch on was that English to Briggs move that you did because that is probably the reason why you managed to get so many rookies off in that time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that, that, that would net you what four hundred k, four hundred and fifty k or something. Yeah, four hundred a bit at the time, and that enabled me to get uh, Alwyn Davy to Brad Crouch, which was just yeah. it's it's probably been the move. Of the year, <laughs> well, we, to be honest, we were sw- we were swinging for the fences, um, and I but I was like, nah, that's too far, Keebs. You're not you're not trading out Tim English, and it has looked like a phenomenal move so far. I mean. Tim English, I think since then has only scored what like ten points more than Briggs. Yeah, I'm just for 400k. I'm quickly doing the math now. Yeah, it is but exactly twelve points. Twelve points. There you go. So you sacrifice twelve points for 400k. I mean, it's it's ongoing because it's still Briggs is still in your team and English still isn't. But at this stage, it was awesome for your team. But this kind of segues to another thing that I wanted to discuss and. The thing I wanted to discuss is the cash gen issues that we might face from here until the end because of the rookie bench issues that we all have. We all have a handful of red dots. There aren't any kind of cheap rookies coming through. So how are we going to generate the money to get those, you know, those last one or two rookies up to primos um, at this stage? And I just wanted to float the idea of potentially, yeah, downgrading like a big dog to some sort of underpriced premium or, you know, some, some some premium who's had some injury history this year or some form issues, just a, a trade that will net you upwards of like 200K where you're sort of swapping premiums. Yeah. It's and, in- and just wanted to get your thoughts on, on those trades. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I feel like in order for it to make sense, you really need to jump on a guy who can come close to performing at the level that of the guy that you're trading out, if that makes sense. So even, I mean, when I traded English to Briggs, I, I thought there was going to be 
a decent chasm between the two, but the 400K cash that it would get me plus the low B of Briggs means that, you know, eventually that gap will close and then I can just trade him back to English and, you know, hopefully at not too much cost. Um, it's worked out well and Briggs' B is still super low. So I think it's an option. Well, I mean, I definitely think it's an option. I, I'm all for it. Yeah. In fact, like Goulden a couple of weeks ago was was one that was sort of floated around. I think guys like that that are clearly top six or, you know, top of their line, you, you probably want to steer clear of yeah. trading them out if yeah. you can, unless there's, you know, an option coming through who, yeah. who's just absolutely screaming out to you. Yeah. Um, I just don't think there's really many of them now that justify trading someone yeah. to. Like there's not many guys sort of sub 600K that are, are screaming out as options yeah. at the moment. There's there's a few that are around that 700K mark, but it's not – I don't think it's enough of a gap to, to justify a downgrade. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have some names that you can throw yes. at me? So this is what I wanted to do. So I just wanted to clarify the strategy a little bit. Now, I'm not advocating trading out guys that are absolutely guaranteed, like top-of-the-line guys. Like you're not trading out Taranto – you're not trading out Dawson and I probably wouldn't trade out English to Briggs at this stage now that Briggs has made a lot of money already. But what I am talking about is trading out guys who are like a borderline top of their line or are like fringe players that are top of their line but have value on their head. But we need names. Names yes, is what we so need. So I'm about to I'm about to float a couple at you. So Jake Lloyd. Yeah, but he, he doesn't have enough cash on his head to justify getting him to Okay, him. but a guy that you could trade him to that I think will net you money that you would be happy to use, Himmelberg. Himmelberg, yeah. So, see, Lloyd at this rate is is scoring like less than Himmelberg. Himmelberg is probably the only one that you'd go down to for cash gen. Elliot Yo. It's not from Lloyd, I don't think. I just have – Yo just has a lot of red flags about him. I know he's in form and I know he's playing midfield, but – Injury risk and sub risk and tog risk and just all these things. I'm, I'd be a bit scared about yo, but Himmelberg for sure. That's 200k in the bank. It's actually something that I briefly looked at this week, but I found I found sort of trades that suited my team a little bit better. Yeah. Well, I I personally I will still tick off a yo trade. I I mean, yeah. If if he can survive in your team for three or four weeks, he'll make you at least 100k. Yeah. And you keep moving him. But say say if you've got Hayden survive. Young. <laughs> Hayden Young to Elliot Yo, what will that net you? Like over hundred K? Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. I, I don't mind it. I'm not like actually I'm not totally against bringing in Yo. I just think You for, prefer Himmelberg. Yeah, for me personally, well at the stage I'm at, I'm sort of looking to go up. But yeah, yep. if you really starve for cash, I'd I'd go Himmelberg yep. first and then Yo. Yeah. Um but yeah, you, you could definitely do it if you want to cash up. Yeah. All right, a couple of midfield downgrade options that I, I sort of wanted to float. And just to see if you like him, yeah, Paddy Cripps. Yeah, I'm a fan. We've, What's he at six? We've talked about this. Six or six eighty something. Six seventy nine. There you 679. go. I was two K off. Um, yeah, I like Cripps this week. I think, I, I think he could get back close to his average of last year, one hundred two, maybe high nineties. But he's cheap enough. It's just a matter of who you trade down to him, really, because I don't think there's too many mids that are really sort of faltering that you would want to go down to Crips with it's it's hard it's a no, hard no, week so for it. I think I think the time has potentially come and gone for those sorts of some of these sorts of trades anyway like who, give, no, no, me, okay. give me an so, example of who you would trade down to Crips yeah so uh, well uh, what I was going to do is throw a couple of downgrade options first and then throw some of the guys that you yeah, could okay. downgrade to. all right well yeah go 
Okay, Continue. so the downgrade options were so Crips was the first one. I Jack like, Steel, like Crips. Jack Steel, Steel's not cheap enough yet. Not cheap enough. I, I don't think so. All right, maybe one more week then. Yeah, there's too much risk still attached. Yeah, to because he steel. still he still didn't play a full game, so there's some underlying issue. Well, I guess you'd throw the next name I had is form Callum Mills, but uh, same same issue. Yeah, same Crips. issue. You need to see okay. some form first. All right, what about Braden Fiorini? Nah, not no, for not for me. Six hundred k, mate. We what? A lot of people would have already had Fiorini in their teams. Well, yeah, you're coaches' bring, votes. You're going to bring him back in and trust Stewie Jew again. Sometimes when he's hey, already let you down. Has a history of letting us down with Fiorini specifically. There's just not a chance. You couldn't. You couldn't pay me cash to do it. The great man, the goat Selby, sometimes says that the best coaches and the best trades are when you can admit you made a mistake before and get in a guy that failed before. He did it this year. With Jordan Ridley. He started with him in Supercoach, absolutely flopped, got him back in four weeks ago and has smashed it. Yeah, that was a, a big game style change for Essendon though. The yeah. thing, the, But this the, is a role yeah, change for Fiorini. But it's not a role change. It's one game of form, one game when you've got Stewie Jew who historically is just all kinds of weird with Fiorini specifically. There is nothing, no data whatsoever anywhere to suggest that he will play in the midfield next week. There's every chance he plays wing next week and then you're looking to trade him out in two weeks' time. Okay. It's but way too they, much risk. There's they, no but. There's no but. That's it. That's I'm the putting fun. forward a case for Fiorini because not. I don't mind There's it. no case. <laughs> there's, there's absolutely no case. You need to see. He played. I watched it. He smashed the eye no, test. It's an, he got, but he, he always does. heaps of coaches' votes. He always does. He always has smashed the eye test. He's always been a gun midfielder but he doesn't get played there. You need, in order for me to consider picking Fiorini, this is what I need. I need Stuart Dew to come out and say, I was wrong. He's a midfielder and he's going to play midfield for the rest of the year. That's, that is the only circumstance in which I would consider Fiorini. Otherwise, you're just making the same mistake again. Okay, so out of Cripps, Fiorini, Steele and Mills. Cripps. Cripps is the only one you'll recommend. Cripps. At this stage, at this stage. Mills uh, is a big watch for the next yeah. the coming weeks. Yep. He's he's probably someone who's going to quickly make <clears> his way onto that list. Okay. Yeah, and Steele, the, the same. You know, if he has another game where he looks good, his tog goes up, then I would consider it. But he played low tog this week. So it's n- not enough signs that he's back to his best for me to consider trading someone down to him yet. Yep. All right, a couple of guys that you can parachute down. Now, two of these players, this is controversial because two of them are currently Top eight players. Just just quickly before we get into that, Ollie Wines is actually someone that I don't mind a downgrade to this week. I think his form built nicely into the buy a week off. He probably got in a good block of running. I reckon he could come back and, and be close to 100 for the rest of the okay. year. Ollie Wines, parachute option. I'm saying Paddy Cripps over Ollie Wines any day. Uh, yeah, for me, it's probably Cripps first too, but Wines, are, at this stage, I would take over Mills and Fiorini. Okay. All right. Here, here are my parachute options. Tom Green. Yep. No. You, would you do it? No. He's he's still worth over 900K and his recent five-round average form is not in the top eight. Last time he had a week off, he came back with a 136 and then a 170 back-to-back. There's just not a chance I'm, I'm trading him out of my team. Okay. Caleb Sarong. Uh, worth even more money. No, I wouldn't because he's averaging 109 on the year and it's just been super consistent. He's been incredible, but he's not the kind of guy that will drop... Like a score so big that you like hate yourself. No, but he's the kind of guy that will drop a one ten when Cripps drops a seventy. Yeah, and, and then it, you know the, the consistency that he's shown this year for his one hundred nine average. I, I I wouldn't want to take but him the out point. Of my team. The point we're trying to make is that the money that it nets you, but it's not enough. That's the that's the problem. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. 
Yeah, yeah, the the reward has to outweigh the risk of jumping off these guys. If there was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, if you asked him to jump off Sarong and bring in Keys, when when I was red hot on Keys when he moved back into the midfield, and we both thought that he could be a one hundred and five guy for the rest of the year, when he was in the five hundred k range, that's the kind of guy that you jump on, in my opinion. All right, like that's right. why I jumped on Briggs because he was the number one ruck and he was he was just putting up big games all over the place. Like it, it just felt different, different yeah. scenario. Okay. Well, say in a week's time, Jack Steele pumps out a monster this week, plays good time on ground. Would you consider him for the parachute option for any any player in the top eight midfielders currently? Yeah, I would consider it, but again, it just it sort of just depends on the form. The form <laughs> that you know, if Sarong drops a seventy next week and starts going down in price, and Steele drops a good score, then you know you look at making that move. But at this stage, none of those top eight guys really seem to be falling off. Okay. Like there's not too many that I would be. And and to everyone was screaming to jump off steel last week and he's dr- just dropped a small ton. Like it, it doesn't doesn't seem like it would be a smart move to get any of those guys to him at this stage. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, I'm saying it's very risky. I mean, these parachute trades are always risky, but basically what you're saying, you tick off the move, but you're not ticking off any of my specific scenarios this week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a smart move in the right scenario. You just you have to find out if it works for your team, yeah. but also you have to be confident that the person that you're bringing in can match or or come very close to the, the person that you're trading out. Yeah, Un- uh, yeah. Unless it's just too much money that you can't really refuse it. Yep. All right. Well, I'm just saying it's something you could consider if a you like risk and b there's just you can't do anything because your bench is cooked with rookies. See. This is this is going to be a bit of a left field way of doing things, but I would much rather trade someone like Sarong down to Himmelberg via a bit of DPP, net yourself what three hundred and sixty k I think it is, which is a lot of money, and then Himmelberg, who has the potential to be in the top six defenders by the end of the year if he stays in the role that he averages ninety six in, that makes a bit more sense to me than jumping on, you know, Crips who is going to average 95 to 100, but still yeah. be very far off. The extra the 150K eight. is significant enough to just like call it a, a full restructure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think I think that's a bit more reasonable than just going down to another mid who's going to be like off the pace of Sarong. Yep. Just, yeah, a, a bit of a team restructure and it nets you much more cash. Himmelberg's probably the number one option in that regard this week. Yeah, just because it's so cheap. Across all lines. Interesting. All right. Great. I'm glad we had that chat because that's something I, I really wanted to discuss with you and I feel like it's something that I've been thinking about. Um, so, yeah. All right. Can we move on to discussing who we think are the best 22 players coming home in each line? I've got written down my top players in each position um, and you've got it too. And I guess we're going to compare it and debate who we think yes, we are. the best players are. All right. So, let's start with our defenders. My Top six defenders from here until the end of the year. Wait, just quickly, let me jump in. Are they in... Have you gone first to sixth or is it just like a random grouping of players? I loosely tried to do it. I actually can't remember. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm I, looking at it now, but... I ranked mine. Okay, all right. I'll, uh, yeah, it looks like it. I, it I've looks got, like it? Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you know your own notes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. All right, we'll go. We'll okay, go Jordan me. Dawson, Nick Dacos... Sam Doherty, Jack Sinclair, the Sick Dog, wow, and Will Day. Okay, do you, did you write down like honorable mentions as well? Honorable or? mentions. Well, I, I wrote. Well, I wrote actually, down alternatives. Yeah, I was going to say let's not call them honorable mentions because I think we both discussed that these are guys that we would feel comfortable rolling with, alternatively. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that Ge- like, like guys guys that yeah who are, are genuine alternatives to yeah, the could, top six could easily be top six and yep. and may well be. My alternatives, Stuart, of course. Um, I'm pretty happy. I would be pretty happy to ride him for the rest of the year, considering his run at GMHBA that he's got faster and <laughs> faster, faster. Um, and Sheezel, okay. who I think without Aaron Hall could probably sustain the average that he's currently got next to his name, which is high nineties. All right, that's solid. That's solid. All right, I'll, I'll hit you with mine. I've got number one, Jordan Dawson. Yep. Then Nick Dacos, Sam Doherty, James Sicily, Jack Sinclair. And then Caleb Daniel sixth. And then my alternatives are Luke Ryan, Harry Sheasel, Will Day, and Tom Stewart. Great. I, I don't have much to contest. So, yeah, they, I, I, I've what I've done is just put as my alternatives guys who I think will round out the top ten or, yeah, be, be in the top six, possibly in place of some of the other guys. I just think it's guys that I would feel comfortable rolling with as my primos for the rest of the year basically. Yeah, Caleb Daniels is a really interesting one. He's having a phenomenal year and hasn't really been talked about. Mate, his recent form is just off the charts. It is fantastic. Hit me with it. His last sort of like eight weeks. I'll list you the scores. Um, okay, so he goes 118, 90, 92, 117, 106, 136, 110, 93. Wow. All consecutively. Wow. Yeah, so his hit form, I think the CBAs are actually a bit of a bonus for him. But even if he plays half back, he still racks up there. I just, he's having a career best year. Um, and I think he's probably safer to be a top six than someone like Will Day. But I think Day will also be in the mix. Yeah, we sort of, d- we've discussed the off air Will Day. I think we both came to the conclusion that the reason for his form drop off before the buyers was just sort of due to tags. And I, th- I think he's, well, yeah, he's, he's, the second cheapest out of all the players that we listed. And yeah, he's someone that I'm sort of looking at jumping back on because of his price. Yeah, well, he cops two tags in probably the span of a month. And I think everyone sort of went cold on him. But yeah, I mean, we saw how he started the year. His role on the weekend was really interesting. He smashed the eye test. Um, he was basically playing Sicily's role as the extra defender. Um, and literally just floating off halfback, taking intercept marks. But he's also sprinting into space. He had the observable thirst that we all love to see. Um, yeah, so that's that's what put me over the line to get him into the top six. He was he was starting in the midfield, so starting at the CBA, and then he'd just run back and be the spare defender. It was like a dream role. Yeah, that's as, as juicy as it gets. It was beautiful. All right, so let's move on to our midfielders. Now, I'll start with mine. I've got Brayshaw, Merritt, Oliver... Bont, Led, Sarong, Josh Kelly, and Tom Mitchell. Okay, and who are your alternatives? My alternatives. I only put a couple down. I, I wrote actually no, I've got four. I've got Petraka, Green, Parrish, and I've got a smoky for you, and it's Jack Steele. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I've got not s- not as like I've got still written down as a question mark. I think it's just if all things break right, then yeah, he's going to be in the mix. But yeah, here's potential. That's that's what I'd. Yeah, we flagged it early. I think you just need to see sort of the tog go up and maybe a couple of weeks of form before yeah. you jump on as like a yeah. long term promo. Yeah. But Brad, Brad Crouch is also an alternative. I'd be happy rolling with. Yeah. Okay. Neal. okay, so I've got number one: Andy Brayshaw, Bont, Oliver, Laird, Merritt. 
Tom Green, Sarong, Parrish is my eight. And then my alternatives, I've got Petraka, Kelly, Brad Crouch, Titch, Neil, Walsh, and then Steele with a question mark. Any objections? Okay, so we had the same top five, right? Brayshaw, Merritt, Oliver, Bont, Laird. Yeah. And then who were your... Green, Sarong, Parish. Green, Sarong, Parish. See, I don't want Green in there. Wow. Just based on his form, mate. Yeah, but I just I think the buyer is going to do him a world of good. And everyone has dips and swings of form throughout the year. I, I think he's averaging 110 on the year still. He's, what, the third highest averaging mid, fourth highest averaging mid? He's, for me, he's firmly entrenched in there. I'd prefer him over Josh Kelly, certainly. Especially because Kelly now has an uncertain role. Like, he played mostly wing in his first game back. Even though it was awesome, kicked three snags, dropped a 120, I don't want one of my top eight mids come season end to be playing on a wing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we, we, I think the, all the alternatives as well, like I've got Petraka, Kelly, Crouch, Titch, Neil, Walsh, Steel. Like all those guys could easily You'd be make happy it with in. them in your team. And, yeah, so I think that, yeah, I think that's the important thing to say. The alternatives are just guys that you're happy rolling with until the end of the year. And for me, Steel has a question mark because – I'd love to have him, but it's just if he's if he's fully recovered from his injuries or not. Yeah. All right. Who did you rocks? did you sorry did you have Sarong in there for you? Yes, yeah, seventh. Seventh. Okay. Yes. He's no. one that I could sort of see like potentially getting pipped by a couple at the line. Yeah, just because he doesn't seem to have that massive ceiling. But yeah. Well, I mean, he's in there on average at the moment, but there's a couple of guys that sort of had a poor start to the year, but have that ceiling that like a couple of big games between now and the end of the season and they'll probably get above him and get close to that 110 mark. Yeah, there's a few. Petraka, easily could. Parrish, yeah, easily, easily could. Easily, yeah. um, Steele won't get his overall average up there, but... Could finish stronger. Between, between now and then, yeah, could could score more total points. Yeah, and Crouch is just a massive wild card. He, week to week, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we said, I think any of these guys you'd be happy rolling with until the end of the year. Yep. Great. All right, let's move on to our rocks. I have got... <laughs> I mean, this is pretty easy. Tim English, yeah. Rowan Marshall, yeah. and then Daylight. And then, do you have any alternatives? Or you didn't do alternatives? At this stage, the numbers Briggs is putting up, you'd, you'd, you're happy to roll with it just because of the money he's making. But, yeah. you, you, oh, man, you want to get him to English in the next, like... Three weeks, I reckon. You reckon? If you're a Briggs owner. I'm liking what Briggs is doing. <laughs> he looks good. He looks phenomenal, but he's not... It's He's just not Tim nah, English. Yeah, it's... it's. I, I've got him in my alternatives, but it's he's a player that you would want to ride until he maxes out and then trade. He's probably not someone that you want in your team at season's end, but I've got English, Marshall, and then Briggs as an alternative, just, I guess, temporarily. And also Nank, who has not played a bad game yet. He's averaging 107. <laughs> It is, it's ridiculous. What and a weird game, mate. It, what a weird game. It is, but you can't argue with the numbers, mate. He's been phenomenal all year. Mm-hmm. So if I think if you're a Nank owner, you just keep rolling with him until he, I guess, until he burns you. Hopefully not, but there's, no, there's nothing really to indicate that you would prefer to have Marshall over Nank. I mean, it's what, three points difference in average? Yeah. And it could be a nice unique in the run home. So, I mean, I wouldn't be making any trades like to Nank if I didn't have him, but if you're an owner... I think that's fine. All right, forwards. My forwards, and I, I feel this is pretty easy. Taranto, Dunkley, Goulden, Rosie, Cogs, Butters. Not necessarily in that order. Yeah, I've got the same six. Yeah. Who are your alternatives? 
Uh, McRae. Yep. Now, I've got a Smokey here. <laughs> this is completely role-dependent, but it's Keys. Yeah, I've got him as well. Keys, yeah. yeah uh, I'm happy rolling with him. Uh, Darcy Cameron probably doesn't quite have the same scoring potential as Keys does to like match it with the top six. Yeah. Like Keys in his current role, I can see him maintaining 100 plus, whereas DC... Probably not quite. You're yes. happy to roll with him at Just the price that he's at. But yeah, again, but in, in five... Four or five weeks, you'd it'd be nice to you know trade him to butters, it, like for me. Yeah, um, yeah, mate, I've got the exact same. Um, DC is on my alternatives because I think he could be a long term, a long term play still. But yeah, you probably wouldn't want him over any of those six guys. That was a lot easier and a lot less resistance than I was anticipating <laughs> with this discussion. Yeah, we just you both, thought we'd fight. We just agreed on everything. It's basically. so funny. Hey, I, I do have one more smoky for the forwards. All right, you're gonna. That, this that, is gonna be the one that I don't agree on. Well, I think you will because it's dependent on a scenario. All right, go. If the Bulldogs have any sort of injury Baz. to a key midfielder, Baz could could yeah. easily like be in the top six for the remainder of the season from that point to the remainder of the season. Yeah, he definitely could. It, not at this stage, but yeah, he, he could easily get himself in that mix. That was why I was sort of reluctant to trade because you know we, we know the ceiling that he's got and we know that the type of fantasy player that he can be, but he just hasn't been that this year so far. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree that he could he could easily make his way into that mix. It's, yeah, it's it's funny. Most of our content, we're just like being goofy and being silly and saying how much we hate some players and love others. Like Baz, yeah. Just and roast I, I hate Baz, yeah. I, I've <laughs> just ripped him to shreds for a month straight. But honestly, if Trelaw went down and we saw CBAs for Baz, I would do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, look, me, me too. That's you just, <laughs> that's sometimes what it takes, you know? If there was a long-term injury of some kind. Yeah. I agree, mate. It's, yeah, it, it seems this year, maybe more so than others, the top sort of mix of players is is a bit easier to pick than, than in other years. Like, it just, I mean, the top six forwards is just solid. It really hasn't changed for most of the year. Same as the, the mix in defense. It's kind of just all the same. Um. One more name for the mids that we, we didn't neither of us talked about was Noah Anderson. Do you think that he could potentially be in the mix? I'm a frustrated owner at the moment, but I think he's probably just a, a step under those guys. He's oh Man, his numbers aren't quite there, and I watched that game fully over the weekend, and he did not pass the eye test for me. He saved he it, He junked he it so it. hard. He kicked two goals in the last four or five minutes to get himself to a very low ton. Looked like he was going to drop an 80 for most of the game. Um, yeah. yeah. And his, he also had a dip in CBAs. His six-round average is around 95. So that's actually quite a way off the, the top eight mids. Yeah. Um, if you have him in your team, you're not looking to move him on. Like, he's probably one of your last guys oh. that you move on. But... Yeah, possibly. But you, you would. Yeah. yeah. I think he's he's 10 to 15 points off that top five mix that we, we talked about. Like, Andy, Bont, Merritt, Clary. Yeah. I can't remember the, the, the fifth name. Titch. No, it wasn't Titch. Merritt. Oh, sorry, the go. top five. The top five. <laughs> I thought you meant like the five at the end of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm with you. I stopped yeah. listening for half a second, but I'm with you. Sorry, that's... All right, that, a little bit confusing, but <laughs> we'll move on. That is that. That is the cousin's best 22 done. So, All just, right, it is time for our baby giraffe check-in. Giraffe. 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 Just when you thought you were wrapping up the segment, I had to squeeze in talking about my boy Riley O'Brien. As we like to say, 
is etching an everlasting legacy as the unequivocal paragon of football greatness. Now, this week, he was literally the opposite of that. He scored a <laughs> 77, was flat out average, copped a bath. He got steamed by the big DC. Yeah. Which we don't mind because he's... Yeah, what a legend DC is, <laughs> just quietly. <laughs> it's funny that... <laughs> The Where? baby giraffe checking has turned into us pumping up whoever played him that week. <laughs> Last yeah, week Bailey it was Williams. Bailey Williams. <laughs> and it turned into a Bailey Williams segment. This week, we're talking about how much we love DC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, funny. You know what's funny about DC that happened at the very start of the game that I thought you would have found funny if you were watching is that... The blood he, rule? He got down knock <laughs> and got sent off for a blood rule straight away. And it's funny because the umpire blew the whistle, but it was zoomed out. And he sent a player off and I couldn't see who it was. And I was like, it's going to be DCG. And it zoomed in and it really actually was. And I was like, you're kidding me, mate. They haven't strapped it up properly from last week. Yeah, surely just bleeding out again. Yeah. So that's three blood rules in about five minutes of game time <laughs> <laughs> for Darcy Cameron. Scary hours for DC. You've got to keep your blood inside you, mate. Yeah, don't, don't bleed out on us, mate. All right. Sweet. <laughs> that takes us to the cousin's crystal ball. <laughs> He will return tonight. Sorry. All right, the cousin's crystal ball. Now, Jados, last week you said Fife would score 100 plus. How did he go, mate? Shit house. <laughs> Shit house. Yeah, I'm off him, mate. He's, he's out of my team this week, actually. Not too well. Yeah, look. That was a bit of a miss, mate, and you did you did sort of double down on Fife as well as your boy. He scored 73, which isn't horrific, but only the 19 disposals. Last week, I said Clary would return against Geelong with a 130-plus. <laughs> and even worse. He didn't even play. So that's a big miss for Keeves. Probably my worst one of the year, to be honest. Um, Yeah, look, a bit embarrassing. You did post about it on the Cousins Twitter page as well. So the the whole world has known about it before before today, but we'll just we'll just go over it one more time. I don't know what's going on with Clary, just quietly. There's been a lot of bad rumors ba- being bandied about the socials, which have been proven or well, said to be false by the man himself. I don't know. What's what's going um, on? Well, it's interesting actually that we just had a rolling well, not our rolling twenty two, our best twenty two discussion. Um, just earlier, and we both included Clary, but we think he's—I mean, I think he's going to be back in the next week or two. Th- yeah, the news just came out that he's still one to two away. Oh wow, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so I take back what I just said—that <laughs> he's going to be back in the next one to two. That weird man. It was yeah. what a th- three, a possible three-week injury. There was talk of him playing the next week after the injury, even, and yeah. now it's going to be- balloon to be like five or six weeks. Yeah, uh, I think the. The hamstring must have flared up at training or something. That's my suspicion. Because he had the unless unless the infection was a complete lie and the whole thing was a complete fabrication of how bad the injury was. But I, yeah, d- it's weird. I doubt that's the case. I d- it's definitely a weird situation. I don't I don't I don't understand what the club stands to gain by doing something like that. But yeah, I would imagine it's just all sort of gone pear shaped. It, it, it is the injury. But I listen I listened to Goodwin um, talk about it and he was saying that yeah like clary trained last week and then he was like super sore after training i suspect like it just he didn't pull up well at all and maybe it's flared up or it didn't didn't heal properly because of that yeah these things happen but don't make a fool out of me again clary otherwise there'll be hell to pay mate um okay so this week my bold prediction is that gus 
Sheldrick, that's right, the best Gus in the AFL, averages 85-plus for the rest of the year. Wow. For the year. How's that, mate? Is that bold enough? That's very bold. Oh, yeah, I'll give that to you. I'm taking it. Yeah. All right. Wow. Hit, hit me with yours, mate. Well, mine is that Tom Mitchell is a top eight mid from here. And I put him in my rolling 22. I, in my, my best 22. i got to stop calling it that. <laughs> best. Yeah. Sorry, Roy and the train. <laughs> best That's your 20. thing. And we're very sorry. Yeah. But we did want to discuss who the best 22 players are. But yeah, I honestly think Tom Mitch, Tom Mitchell is going to be there from here on out. Um, top eight is not bold enough. It's not. It's. I mean, you had him in yours. I had him as an honourable mention in mine. The pig. He's been. He's in solid form. I need more. More than top eight. It's not enough. What top? The thing is, the top five is so hard to crack <laughs> with midfielders. It's another level. Actually, you know what? What? Just with <laughs> with the, going back to the Clary discussion. The fact that he's not there for a couple more weeks and he might be managed coming back for a couple of weeks. You're about to make a huge call. <laughs> Tom Mitchell. No, don't do it. Top six midfielders from here on out. Top six. And above Clary for the rest of the year. And above Clary. That yep. you look, you can take that back if you want. You can just have the top six. I'll give you that. No. You above want the Clary, Clary as well. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. I'm saying Clary's going to take a little while to come back and he's going to take a little while to find form. Are we just talking in pure average? Just average? He's he's going to beat Clary? Because Clary's averaging one. Well, that's a hard thing because then, then the injury doesn't doesn't play into it at all. But I guess total points, then he's got him covered easily. No, nah, but I mean average. Like, Do you mean average from here? TG's going to average more than Clary from this point until the end of the year. You yes. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't do it. <laughs> uh, that's too bold. You've gone too far no, now. now. Now it's too specific. As I need well, to just st- singling need, out Clary. See, I need, all I, all I, I wanted to, to say is that Tom Mitch is going to be top eight. I need and you now to take you're a, pressuring me. I need you to take a step something back. Something I don't really mean. Yeah, I, that's what I'm, I need you to take a step back, right, and find the middle ground between the two things that you just said. All right, we might have to take a tea. No, we're not taking a tea, mate. Oh. Do, it, do it on the pod. You're pressuring me live on the pod, well, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Tom, how about you were witnessing us? The, the two great minds just <laughs> going head to head. How about top seven? I'll give you top seven. <laughs> top seven mids. Okay. Top, so feel, who does he have to pip? I feel like, oh. I mean, I feel like top eight wasn't far enough. Oh, you know what? We said what? I'll, I'll do it. I, I, reckon he can, I reckon Merrick he can Green get above Sarong. Sarong and Kelly. I guess in order for, for you to want to pick Titch up, he would have to be like firmly entrenched. Well, he's that. now he's now just under 900k. Yes, I mean he's in top eight form, so top seven. You know, I'll you know I'll give you top eight. I'll give you top eight. So you don't think it's going to happen? Is that you're betting against oh, it in a nah, way? No, I just I looked at the list that we we created earlier, um, and I realized that it it it's a big enough call. All right. So when we look for the when we look back on it, we're not looking at their season averages from this point. Yeah, we're looking from round sixteen yeah. up until round what is it twenty four? Yeah. And we're seeing if top Mitch- Tom Mitchell is in the top eight yep. averages between From now and then. Okay, I, I, I love it. I'll tell you what, looking back on these, at or well, post round 24, I guess it'll be, is just going to be such a fun time. Yeah, I'm so keen. <laughs> do you, I, do Wrap you know up what? podcast. I, I already filtered through the ones that we've done so far and just ticked and crossed the ones that have, have come and gone. <laughs> do you, do you want to know how many you've gotten right so far? Oh. <laughs> And do you want to know how many I've gotten right? So All right, go. Hit me with it. Both? Yeah. All right, so I've got one <laughs> and you've got none. 
None. <laughs> so there you go. Wow, there's our credibility shot. You're zero out of eight, and I'm one out of eight so far. So far, but there's still some. Some of them are ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's still some mm. that are going. You've actually gotten one, two, three, four. You've got six wrong, flat wrong so far. Yeah. One, you know, one, I, I did give you the cross uh, preemptively and that was Team English to be crowned as a pig by the end of the year. So you're not giving me half a point for the Butters one? It's, I was claiming that in my mind. The, the, which Butters one? The one where I said Butters would get injured. No, nah, you don't get it. You, he uh, did get injured. Mate, and he, he, cop, he, I tried, he had a bad score. I tried to give you leeway, mate. I tried my hardest. I said, I'll give you leeway. What do you want? And you said, no, no, Keeves. This is an exact <laughs> prediction. The site has taken hold. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing into the future. This is what's going to happen. And it didn't happen, mate. So you don't get a we tip should, for we it. Should come up, we, should, we should make this a game. Like We should come up with rules where you get like more points if you nail something more really specific. <laughs> it's just yes or no, mate. No, if it's really specific and you nail it. What? what yeah, so if, th- if that butter's so, one, hit so exactly, you, know how, you, you know, get at least 10 points for that. Yeah, so you know how we negotiate on the podcast yeah. about, oh, no, nah, I don't think that's bold enough, or and then we negotiate about the prediction. We yeah. should also come up with how many points you get if you nail it. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna make an I'm gonna make a very specific prediction just off the top here, and I want a lot of points for it. I'm I'm Jack Steele this week to get subbed out on 79 at the start of the last quarter. All right. Yeah, and okay. they and they just say, oh yeah, we're just managing through it. How, that, how many predi- did you have two predictions today? Yeah, okay. Got you it. lose minus one point for that. Lose minus one. Yeah, you can't just you can't just shotgun predictions everywhere and then be like, yeah, I got more points at the end of the year. <laughs> we have to agree on the points. <laughs> we system, have, to have the same number of predictions. Wait, yeah, so make another one right now. I just made mine off the top. You make yours off the top. Jack Stra- Steele <laughs> no, oh, right. scores one ten plus this week. That, that's not specific enough. I wanted this very specific one for right. lots of points. Jack Steele <laughs> scores. The same player. Jack Steele. Sco- yeah, because <laughs> we're on Steel Watch this week, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> we're going to be intensely watching West Coast get slammed by 120 points again. Oh, God. This segment is just devolving. All right. Jack Steele scores 113 this week. I need more than that. It's not specific enough. 113. I said he gets subbed at a specific time on a specific score. You just said he scores this. I need more from you, mate. What does he do? Tell me tell me more about his stat line. How many tackles okay, does he have? Okay, all right, all right. Jack Steele scores 113 with <clears throat> seven tackles. Yep. Four marks. Okay. And a goal. Okay. Did you write <laughs> that down? I'm trying. I get I surely I get more points than you for that. No, what do you mean? Yours was about when he gets subbed. All right. And mine is a specific stat line. Yeah. But I said, I, I even I guess a specific time. Okay. All right. The, me- the method behind the subbing as well, which is just management. Okay. All right. No Fair. injuries. Are we shaking on that? We, we'll shake right now. All right. Great. <laughs> all right. You okay. know, neither of us are going to get any points for that. <laughs> Probably not. But hey, if one of us does, genius. The site. Yeah. The yeah. site is real. The site is real, mate. Okay. That might be a good time to move on to the next segment, yep. which is... That wraps up the crystal ball. We're moving on to fantasy proverbs. Fantasy proverbs. All right. It's fantasy proverbs. And this week, there's no proverb from Caves. I have a story for the listeners. The, mo- the, the moral of the story is to trust your gut, but I'll, I'll explain why. So... 
As you guys know, this week, Keebs is doing the editing for the pod. And we had a bit of a mission trying to find some audio software. And I stupidly uh, look, <laughs> did, did, a, did a quick Google search for the software I was chasing and uh, didn't really vet the site too much that I was downloading from. Downloaded some nasties onto my laptop. But when I looked at the site, I was like, this looks sus, man. It doesn't look good. I don't think I should do it. We had some back and forth. And then I was like, you know what? It's for the listeners. Like, it's, for the, it's for the pod. I'll go for it. Against my own, my own gut, my own gut feeling. Downloaded it, downloaded some nasties onto the computer. Had a bit of a stressful situation where I had to uninstall lots of applications and change my default browser and pray that there was no malware trying to <laughs> steal, steal my information. I'm trying to hold it together because we're literally eight hours into this day now. Yeah, it's, mate, it's so much longer. It's, it's actually t- 10 hours and nine minutes because that, that was the start of the day. Then we had to call our very, well, my very tech, tech savvy uncle Jaden's dad to come and try and try and sort it out which he eventually did through a lot of deleting and installing and rebooting and virus scanning and it was a horrible horrible <laughs> outcome I've got a uni exam in a week and a half I was like man I'm gonna have to buy a new computer it was just a concerning time anyway the moral of the story is trust your gut if I had trusted my gut and not gotten the the software from the clearly uh questionable site we wouldn't have been in this situation. The pod would have been released hours and hours earlier. We wouldn't have had to put in a 10-hour-plus day trying to get through it. So trust your gut, people. Don't do silly things like Keebs. Just think think things through a bit. And, uh, yeah, that's my that's my proverb for this week. Don't be a twat. <laughs> I'm sitting here giggling because I'm just reliving the day. Like, as soon as I get here, you're like, yeah, mate, audio software is sorted. We, we <laughs> open up your computer. <laughs> just and literally, it's in Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and I went uh, for some reason I clicked onto Microsoft Word and the Chinese version of Word had come up and everything was in Chinese. I was like, that can't be good. And then and then you're like, oh, I think I've downloaded something a bit dodgy. You're trying to uninstall the software, then your laptop freezes. And we're trying to down. Google we're trying to Google the answers, and when we open Google Chrome, it opens Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is this has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> I was just sitting there like, oh boy, I don't. It's, it's Keeps' turn to edit the podcast, and he's he's fried his laptop. Yeah. On top of all that, I had to learn ha- the skill of editing because I've never yeah. done it before. Which which is going to happen after this? It's going to be a ten hour day. Yeah, oh, it's already a ten hour day. It's going to be a twelve hour day, mate. Sure is, it's been but a, been it's been fun. it's been fun. Family bonding time. When I saw the when I saw the Chinese, I was like, oh no. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know how to speak Chinese, so no, but. Anyway, you know, we, we live and we learn. So the lesson is to trust your gut. The, yeah, the laptop is, is all sorted now, by the way. Hopefully. Yeah. Probably, but yeah. All right. So my proverb for this week is this. A good friend will come and bail you out of jail, but a true friend will be sitting next to you saying, wow, that was fun. Now, all I'm going to say is Tom Mitchell. You love it. Tom Mitchell. I've mentioned him at least three times on this podcast. Ride or die with me, everyone. Tom Mitchell. Even if it flops, which it won't, which it's it going to be a hell of a ride. We'll sit there in jail and say, wow, that was fun. That's what fantasy is about. Let me remind you of what Little Bacon is capable of. You want to listen to this five-game stretch? Are you going to tell me the pig scores? Sure am, All mate. All right, let's go. 195. 
96, 157, 187, 160. That's a five-round average of 159. Let me say that again. Five rounds, five rounds of averaging 159. 159 is a score that any player would dream of having as their career high. It's massive. Titch has averaged that for five weeks. He's a, yeah, he's an absolute specimen of a man. I'll tell you what, it would be nice to watch him in your team. You see his It was, mate. I brought him in this week and it was the most fun I have had in weeks. You little see pig just waddling around, shaking his juicy ass. Ass. Yeah. Yeah, you see his little cute pig face that you caress and he grunts at you and it's all just a good time, isn't it, mate? Yeah. I love Tom Mitchell and I'm going to enjoy the ride and I'm urging you listeners... Jump on with me and we will say at the end of the year, wow, that was fun. Get involved. Well, I, look, I'm chasing a player roughly under 920K this week and it's an option, mate. It is an option. I've currently got Dacos, but... Tom Mitchell. I'll fade him again. I'll fade him for the whole year. Little Bacon. I'll do it, mate. You've, do it. You're convincing me. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good time to wrap it up. The Proverbs are done. You have been listening to the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the Cousins Pod. At the Cousins Pod. There it is. That's where we do all our best work. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you. Oh, actually, I will see you next week. Jados, you will not. I will see you never. <laughs> no, I'm I'm taking a week off. I'm uh, going to be kicking back. Do it, just having a well-deserved rest, mate. You've, yep. you've been carrying the pod for the last few weeks. So no. Last no, few months. No. no. But all. yes, I will, be, I will be chilling. We will have a special guest for you next week an unnamed guest who we have we have mentioned on the pod before but we'll we'll just leave that as a surprise for the listeners yep so it's going to be fun next week and i will see you in two weeks keeps will see you next week and good luck for round 16 thank you for tuning in see ya kids your cousin Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.